Sensing it. Brought to you by NEPA. NEPA is a global consumer science firm providing dynamic intelligence to brave marketers. And Sensing it is a thought leadership property focused on making market research fun, inclusive, and accessible. We hope you like it and stay curious. I am Esha, your host for the day from NEPA. And today I have the privilege of being joined by Falgun Kumbali, our guest for today. Very warm welcome, Falgun. Thanks a lot, Desha. Pleasure to be here. So before we get into this, I'll just talk a little bit about Falgun. Uh, Falgun Kumbali is one of the co-founders of Upgrad. After graduating from IIT Delhi in civil engineering, he went on to work as a business analyst at Opera Solutions. And from there, he went into the Parthenon Group, a consulting firm. And he continued having discussions around online education. And that's where about Upgrad came to life. And today, Falgun, we really wanted to pick up upskilling. And I'm hoping for our listeners, it's of imperative importance, be it workplaces, be it parents, be it individuals seeking something in education. I'm hoping this episode can lead to something, some habits, some cues for how the future of education is going to be. With that, I'm just going to throw some numbers at you. We are talking about upskilling and we were doing our research and we knew that we were talking to you. So we thought that it would be good to bring in some factoids and really get the, get going in terms of the journey so far for Upgrad and how it's going to be uh, specifically in the digital education space. So uh, in our research, we saw that the World Economic Forum predicted that investing in upskilling and also reskilling as a global workforce is going to increase the global GDP by a $6.5 trillion by 2013. Now, that's a whooping number. Before we comment on that number, I would love if you can just explain for everyone who's tuning in, what is upskilling? So I think, uh, I mean, we can get into the numbers, as you said, but basically, when we started Upgrad for us, there were two components that were really powerful, right? The first is skilling. People who don't have the skills to give them skills, because that's a very large portion of the demographic globally. The second part is an equally bigger now, maybe a bigger space is people who have some existing skills, but want to upskill or reskill to pursue more exciting careers. So basically reskilling or upskilling is just to put it very simply, people who are currently in a certain profession and are contributing to the economy by working and being in that profession, want to do something which is more advanced, more exciting and more fast growing and more yes. rewarding from a career standpoint, right? Yeah. And that's how they obviously do better in their careers and generate more value for themselves. But when they do that, they also generate more value for the economy. So let me give you a couple of examples of reskilling. Let's take IT, which is probably the biggest sector that employs uh, folks in India, right? If somebody is a mainframes engineer, uh, yes. and that was relevant late 10 years back, even today it's relevant, but maybe that person for being a mainframes engineer has a salary of 20 lakhs an annum, right? Today, that person is saying, okay, but maybe I want to upskill myself and learn Python, R, and data science, right? And he does that and moves into a job that pays him 25 lakhs, right? So, or 40 lakhs. So now that's upskilling where the person has built a new skill, has added value to the economy and has drawn some value out of that for themselves and has captured that value. So I think that's the basic definition of upskilling. It can apply in various contexts, uh, but that's, the basic premise. Thank you for explaining that in a very uh, simple to understand uh, lingo. And from there, I would uh, jump into the online education space straight away. Now, when you started, uh, you know, when Upgrad really started, I was reading, you were 25. 
right yeah and abrad came into life and uh, and and you've, you've talked about how you uh, were understanding things you were acquiring the skills you were creating a new category and i'm assuming the digital played a very very important role in it and if i were to play a devil's advocate like at least from a india perspective we have always been the ones who had like the most prestigious institutions we have the iims and the iits before yeah. that we had the takshilas and the nalandas you know universities uh, back then and also we have seen a lot of us uh, the the pedigree or the brand value you know the the harvards and oxfords and the whole migration so how yeah. does online education what does it bring to the table when it comes to upskilling or reskilling does the brand value of the institute really matter anymore it's actually two questions plugged in one so no, i think uh, on the first bit what online education brings to the table right if you think about upskilling and skilling together right let's take skilling but i know this is not about skilling but i'll just yes. talk about a few numbers on that skilling yes. is basically people who need to get educated right in yeah. india there are about 140 million people in the age group of 18 to 24 correct right? yeah they have to be in higher education of those 140 million people today only about 35 to 40 million people are in higher education hmm. right so 100 million people don't even have access to higher education or don't have a value proposition that works for them sure. the other 40 million who are in higher education we all read reports saying 90% of them are unemployable 98% of them are unemployable yes. because they're not being given the right skills yeah so that's one big opportunity the second big opportunity is we have a workforce of about 300 350 million people white collar about let's say 100 and blue collar about another 200 yeah, 300 so million that's a separate million, segment right? altogether yeah that's a separate segment where these people have yeah. some skills they're contributing to the economy but they really need to uh, improve their skills and upskill uh, to contribute more and do better for themselves now when you think of the opportunity of making both of these happen it's almost one impossible from an investment standpoint to build that infrastructure physically if you say i want to build physical infrastructure for 100 million students to study if i want to build physical infrastructure for 400 million people to upskill that kind of money does not exist it doesn't exist right? yeah exactly and nobody is going to invest so a very strong powerful play there could be technology helping deliver that education instead of trying to build physical infrastructure which is never going to happen It's like right. an enabler that is, yeah, putting things into perspective. Exactly. So otherwise, we would not have a way to study because there are no there's yeah. physical infrastructure to catch up to that level. It's going to be very. It's going to take a lot of time. That's one. Yeah. The second thing that online education does is even with physical infrastructure, people who want to upskill just don't have the luxury to go to college, right? Like say you want to upskill today, or I want to upskill. Mm. I can't leave my job, my family, where I live, and do a full time course, right? Uh, so as you think of upskilling. that's where online becomes very important to fit into yeah. the design of a working professional or a currently working adult that's the second uh, part the third part i'll talk about uh, this is to the second part of your question right so to answer your question where online education fits in one provide much larger scale Maybe. access yeah. second uh, do it in a way which is flexible for working professionals to pursue upskilling and the third part i think where online education comes in especially in the context of the brands that you spoke about all these i went to id delhi yeah right uh harvard whatever else you talk about all these traditional higher education brands according to me are luxury brands mm-hmm. right they are like the, in, a, in a consumer scheme of things if you were to really go mass and luxury yeah. then they'll be club like that they're, tech yeah yes. they're all luxury brands they're the yeah. the louis vuitton equivalent of the world <laughs> right in fashion yes uh they're selective they're I mean, maybe not price, but they're extremely selective from a number of people that they take. So, for example, I don't think there is any reason for a Harvard to take only thousand students a year. 
they are sitting on 45 billion dollars of cash they can expand capacity they can take in more students but they just don't want to that's their model that's the right? exclusivity question that they want to make exclusivity question yeah. correct yeah that's where for us online education is not about that the fundamental beauty of online education is to do things at scale to enroll 10 million people to enroll 100 million people and to provide that kind of impact so what online education does is one helps you reach that kind of scale and have the infrastructure to deliver to that kind of scale be flexible around delivery and also build from fundamental principles which are different and not elitist yeah. in nature and say that look this is being built for 100 million people to do this course so when we think of brand building as upgrade or any online platform we don't think we want to be hub we don't think we want to be iit delhi uh because these institutes are selective in nature so they get this select students right what an upgrade does or what online education should do is be eliminative in nature we only say no to somebody who wants to join a course we only say no when we believe that this person can't be successful in the course right now because they don't have the fundamental prerequisites so we then direct them to something else saying right now if you do this you will probably fail so do something else and come back here so we are eliminative in nature and i think that's a big difference between yeah, that's a, yeah legacy campus brands versus the kind of online scale brands that we try i think that the point that you brought in scale it's like it's actually very beautiful because you are saying that being eliminative sort of democratizes also so matlab yeah. it has become accessible because it is it is on scale the entry barriers are lesser it's not like a filtration criteria so to say to to be able to get those courses or acquire a skill and agar main usko even if i get into the corporate you know uh, scheme of things if today as a leader or you know like in leadership with also there exists like a gap in terms of upskilling agar mujhe culture ke bare mein ya diversity ke bare mein if i have to like really learn i don't need to really go back and do like a extensive uh, masters program to understand culture it is yeah. accessible to me as a course today and and in a way uh, it is leading to a journey of education which is going to forever exist with you i'm sort of coming to the point of a lifelong journey Correct. of a career yeah. path which i think is also very much in sync with your philosophy i yeah. think one of the other things which is very interesting for us is when we think of upskilling yeah education mostly has been thought of as a one time event right and i think that premise has totally changed okay. so for example upskilling existed like engineers used to finish their degree then work and then do an mba because technically you can classify that as upskilling too right where they think okay i want to upskill into management so that i can pursue a more exciting and faster paced career yes. but it is it was always a one time thing now yeah. i think the way the world is moving and how fast it is moving just that one time intervention is just not enough yeah it doesn't exist you need to, yeah it doesn't yeah it, it and it's just not enough for you to like keep pace with what's happening right so you need to continuously upskill yourself to remain relevant and if you want to pursue more exciting careers you definitely have to continue to upskill yourself and yeah. that's where i think one of the concepts that we are trying to evangelize is the concept of lifelong learning no. right yes. where you you're not learning when you're 25 or when you're 30 for an mba and then when you're 40 you're learning every year of your life you're learning and building skills every year of your life and that compounds and just to be clear this always need not be a course right mm. it's not like you always need to do an online course for your yeah. lifelong learning it can be anything it can be reading a certain blog with discipline every week it can be listening to a certain podcast series with discipline every month so that again there's a lot of learning from that so the concept of lifelong learning basically is just that you need to be very cognizant of the fact that if you can invest a certain amount of time every week of your life in learning and learning something new and building a certain skill set and uh, deriving some insight i think it disproportionately will help you in 
being successful in your career as compared to anything else and that's where we are trying to push that concept of learning is not a one time event in life learning is something that you have to carry with you lifelong yeah i also think it's just very interesting times to live where uh, where education is more about learning and uh, really getting to understand a skill rather than just the degree tag or a qualification that you are uh, garnering essentially and uh, that gets me to be uh, that that gets me to this interesting fact also that a similar function is being used by a lot of organizations where we saw that a good chunk like a 75% of organizations in the survey said that they would want to either learn new models or they would want to shift to newer things because everything is becoming a little passe and a little irrelevant uh, day by day and uh, in some of our work uh, shifting gears from organization to individual perspective we did uh, recently a massive study um, of algon on uh, generation alpha which is basically the next gen and the cusp of uh, the teenagers and adults of tomorrow and yep. uh, we saw that the kind of uh, job roles in uh, the job is like at least far away they're not even the working population right now they're still studying and uh, what interests them is very very different in terms of uh, domains uh, they don't want to go after the conventional careers uh, we we had like a 11 year old saying that he had like a 50000 following on tiktok and you know some numbers on instagram that were thrown by their parents and content creation was becoming one very important piece of uh, you know the life for generation alpha because they think visually and that brought us to thinking while we were debating in house that if everyone is going to go towards a little more non conventional passion based uh, uh, you know either a career option or a education uh, education way what is going to happen to the conventional careers i mean sometimes i mean if you look at the economy it still needs those conventional pieces your infrastructure is still important you still need engineers uh, you still need businesses to run by the management philosophies so are we saying is going to be a coexistence of the new career options that don't even exist right now along with what exists which is going to be a hybrid way like matlab inka hoga kya dono padri chalenge coexist karenge ya it's um, it's just a new door opening for newer jobs if you look at the existing pool of jobs right and this is my hypothesis that a certain percentage of them will not exist two decades down the line right let's assume let's let's make up a number let's assume yes. that is 20% right yeah. 20% of all current jobs that are there won't exist 80% of the jobs will exist and they will continue like any other like in the economy today they'll continue yeah. like business yeah. managers or engineers as you said and they'll continue but what will also happen is there will be another 30% of new jobs that will be created that don't even exist right so i think that's and this is definitely not something new right so if you think about it i mean today we can say that oh truck drivers for example globally are being told uh-huh. that your job will be yes. relevant is relevant and it will not exist in 20 years because of autonomous uh, self driving trucks right and it's possible uh, and i think it will happen at some point now that same thing has happened a few decades back as well think of i don't know washing machines right before yeah. washing machines existed i'm sure somebody was washing clothes right as, as yeah. a profession and they still do in some parts of the world uh, and that those things are eventually going to move towards saying those are automated so that that transition has happened but as technology builds to enable that transition i think because of that technology there will yeah. be new jobs that will come into play now there are jobs around oh but how do you build a washing machine people who were washing clothes are doing something else but there are also people who are now thinking of how to build washing machines which didn't exist earlier so i think that's the change that is going to happen where some of the jobs that exist today will not exist or will decrease in the number 
some will continue like engineers or doctors or all of this i don't think uh, we still need a lot of them technology will change even there and the skills that are required for a doctor might change like there is robotic surgery today uh, there is uh, digital uh, medical evaluation so a lot of changes things changing so they also need to upskill but doctor as a job will exist yeah. and then finally there will be a new set of jobs that are created that don't exist today uh, and i think that's the exciting part where even for the jobs that some will become irrelevant and drop off even for the ones that exist people will need to learn to like understand the new yeah. technologies new trends and become more proficient at what they do and obviously the exciting part is that there will be a new set of jobs that nobody knows about that we can prepare for and pursue a more exciting career and be pioneers in that yeah it's going to be like a parallel ride of adapting in your current yeah. jobs and upskilling in not just in education but also whatever career that you are in and a parallel uh you know a springing domain of newer career options um and and you talked about you know you mentioned the truck driver piece and i have another interesting fact um we were looking at degrees and non degrees and we came across this interesting work done like i think 2001 um and it's it's by this uh, nobel prize winner michael spence and he has done uh, a good work in terms of understanding signaling theory which is linkage of degrees to the occupation and the mm. numbers were that 60% of taxi drivers in Korea had a degree. This is 2001, okay? And yeah. in India, 15% of, um, I think the, the security guards had a degree. And then they, there was like a 31% number for like another country, which was like retail related jobs. Now this number, is it is it going to like dip down? Is it already, the degrees are becoming like a thing of the past or is it going to be a future where degrees will not matter? But we are going to have a single denominator of what skill do you bring to the table? What is that meritocracy led, you know, uh, uh, ability or the competence that you bring to the table? Are degrees just going to go? Like, what is your sense in it? Honestly, I think that is one yeah. of the questions that I will be honest about and say, I don't know. Uh, I think there is a lot of, uh, there has been a lot of noise around uh, degrees and the relevance of degrees not just right now but for the last decade especially when you look at the u.s boot camps uh then there are certifications then there are industry driven mentorship courses and all of that right yeah. but here is taking the fundamental challenge which is again a very classic problem is let's say it's a basic unit of skill right you say you're a data scientist i say i'm a data scientist right yeah. who are we communicating this to we're communicating this to a potential employer Right. Who has to evaluate how good we are at data science? How does a potential employer evaluate how good we are at data science? And if they have to hire one person, do they pick Isha or do they pick Falcon? Right. Yeah. Now they can do a very rigorous assessment, interviews, assessment, your CV, etc. And that takes, let's say, four hours. Right. And then they can come up with saying, oh, Isha is a better uh, data scientist. Data right. Scientist. Yeah. But I think the problem with this process is that when a company is recruiting, and the way it has been working for years. Like legacy, yeah. Legacy systems and even more systems today. Yeah. It's hard for companies to determine is Isha a better scientist or Falcon a better scientist in four. First, they don't have four hours to spend. Yeah, correct. Right? Think of somebody going through CVs and saying, these are the 10 people I want to call for an interview. How are they choosing between Isha and Falcon? Just based yeah. on CV. Everybody can write a beautiful CV, right? They can make up some okay. story. Yes, yeah. Same in the interview process. So I think while there is some information you'll get from the interview process, you cannot always be sure. Or most companies are not always sure of, okay, but how do I pick? And traditionally, that's where education and institutions and degrees have served as a really strong signal. And a marker, right? yeah. And a marker, uh, right? Marker, it's a strong yes. signal where, okay, yeah, 
इंटरव्यू तो कर लिया हमने चार घंटे के लिए बट लुक एट एंड ऑफ द डे इफ ईशा हैज गॉट अ मास्टर्स इन डेटा साइंस फ्रॉम आईआईटी दिल्ली एंड फाल्गुन हैज गॉट अ सर्टिफिकेट फ्रॉम आई डोंट नो सम एक्स वाई जी यू नो आई वुड आई वुड पिक ईशा बिकॉज़ क्लियरली इफ शी इज आईआईटी दिल्ली एज पिक्टर एंड शी हैज डन इट शी मस्ट बी गुड राइट अदरवाइज आई वुड आईटी दिल्ली पिक या सो आई थिंक दैट्स क्लासिक सिग्नलिंग प्रॉब्लम ऑफ आई मीन देयर रिसर्च पेपर्स रिटर्न ऑन दिस वेयर आई थिंक देयर इज दैट इंफॉर्मेशन एसिमेट्री between the person applying for the job and the person looking for looking hiring for, somebody yeah hiring yeah and that and in most of these markets where there is that information asymmetry between somebody who's buying and somebody who's selling there is value for a platform to standardize and do that thappa thing right okay, it can happen in yeah. insurance it can happen in car second hand car sales yeah. it can happen in education it can happen in employment everything and that's yeah. where i think so far degrees and higher education institutions and rankings and all of that have done a good job trying job. to solve that problem yeah, yeah. because they were the guideline yeah yeah is there a way to solve that problem differently moving forward i'm i'm sure there is if somebody comes up with that that will be a really exciting value proposition and i think degrees will then start losing that much relevance but for now because there is no such mechanism of that marker or that signal i think still that's why higher education institutions and still degrees still continue yeah. to have a lot of sway yeah i think what you what you hinting at is that because they have been an important currency in uh, uh, gauging the worth and specifically yeah. because our systems around of hiring recruiting and a lot other things are so dependent on it as a marker till we don't have a substitute we can't comment on it like there has right. to be a strong substitute uh, for that in the industry uh a further you know going deeper into this and um, and i i this was a particularly interesting thing that i wanted to know uh given that you are in the space um of education and uh, you know the platform that you're running have you seen any instances of um, you know stories of uh, good roi when it comes to upskilling or just even digital education for that matter when it comes to a skill based learning. i think there was a big four audit firm that is an external audit on upgrade uh-huh. learners and they said that five out of six upgrade learners get a tangible career outcome six months post completion of the program right yeah. now these outcomes can be of three types broadly we observe that outcomes and rois of three types for learners the first is that i was working in this company and i got a job in another company that is more aspirational for me so a job transition right second outcome for people is people saying okay i'm working in this company but i got promoted in the same company to a different role i became manager i became a senior software developer etc right so that's the second kind of transition the third kind of transition is for more experienced professionals people who have 15 20 years of experience saying i was in marketing for 15 years i've done this digital marketing course i'm still in my same position but you know what i feel much more confident about what i am doing right now because now i understand the digital ecosystem so okay. there's a very strong element of professional confidence that comes in for experienced folks saying okay now i know the new way of doing things i know the latest trends i know this i know that so i think those are the three key elements of professional confidence now i can give you as i said we have 50000 learners and clearly 80% of them have got yeah. an outcome right so i can give you a lot of stories but i think there are some amazing stories of people who have gone from a salary of about 8 lakhs or 10 lakhs to 1 crore right wow. and joined google or adobe it happened, and it was in the yeah yeah and it was in the press recently and uh, i think when you that kind of jump or for example we think of small businesses right uh, somebody running a small shop in jaipur saying that oh i did your digital marketing course and now i understand not only how to sell in my locality but how to sell online throughout india and potentially globally because now i can work with online platforms i can yeah. create my own website i can integrate it with everything else and i have a much more larger set of audience to one of the most common stories we hear is uh, 
women who have taken a break from maternity and yeah, then struggle to go back to, to work you. yes i was just yeah. about to ask you on that yeah and then yeah, there are so many people who have come back and said that look i took a break 4 5 years back i thought i'll go back i never managed to do it now i don't feel confident about what's happening and they start a course like they do data science and then they end up getting jobs in that particular field right so again i think there is a lot of impact and a lot of stories and that's where for every new person who joins up grand in their onboarding it's like a little bit of a superman thing where we say that uh you have the power to fundamentally change somebody's life right uh and when you have something like that you need to be very very disciplined and give it your 100% because if you do it then you have fundamentally changed their life in terms of what kind of house they live in where are they taking their holidays what kind of car which school their children go to which restaurant they're eating on the weekends everything in their life changes when somebody goes yeah, from 10 yeah. lakhs to a crore right but that being said if you screw up then you yeah. you you screwed up yes right because if you fundamentally yeah. let that person down on what could have been a really massive shift in their careers so yeah. that's where whatever we do i think we need to do it very very seriously and with giving it our 100% to ensure that students can see that impact yeah because it's it's such a drastic shift from education being just a badge of honor uh to it being something which is more about convenience and uh, something as a stepping stone to a lifestyle change as you mentioned i didn't think about it uh yeah. when you say it, that it, it 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 looks like you know it's it's a, it's a platform yes you're providing degrees but then it really goes deeper into the impact and the purpose higher education has always been about upward mobility upward that's mobility. the purpose of higher education yeah so yeah but i think there there are also you you also gave some nice stories that it's either tangible effects where you can see in the form of promotion or salaries but even the stories of those senior leadership folks that you spoke about just that confidence and that innate ability of understanding that there is something which was added to me professionally and i'm better than what i was a day you know like better than before uh, that also is like a huge human story that we are going after with with the way yeah. things are changing in education so afagul i have two very interesting questions for you uh, the first one would be what is going to be your dream job i'm living my dream uh, this is my dream job <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i know it sounds cheesy but it is not it is a truth no we are all, we are we're all for cheesy but yeah. uh, i mean that that shows also i think you're so passionate about uh, you you were so passionate about the topic itself uh, the second one is that if i were to ask you to pick up one course from upgrad what is that course that you would go after at this point i would do an llm and i've been really excited it's a masters in law masters in law yeah why would you do that I think uh, I'm really excited about, especially we've launched a new master's, master's in law with Golden Gate University, and I think the program. When I look at the curriculum, I'm really excited because I'm an engineer by training, and I've never done engineering. And I think I have a soft corner or a natural inclination for arts and debating and all of those things that I used to do in college. Yeah. So I think when I look at the LLM curriculum, I think I think it really excites me to understand the concept of law, social justice, uh, criminal history. and then move into business law which that code does and then and i at upgrad i think i deal with lawyers and contracts and all of this every day so i think it's a good combination of skills that i think i'm going to use on a daily basis and skills that i am really excited about in terms of learning of the evolutionary concepts and fundamental principles of law justice and criminal history yeah and it's a tough one to go after like whatever yeah. i've seen in the fraternity and the 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 dealings with the legal side of things it's a, it's a tough one to get into yeah Yeah, that's okay. the one that I've been excited about. And the second one, by the way, I have another course. Huh? Uh, the second one is I wanted to do a doctorate. So we have now an online doctorate. Uh, 
so i mean it's always good i have, I have this like a little bit of a romantic idea of people having to call me dr falgun kompali ah okay so you one of those <laughs> yeah okay. so i i mean i've never done it so yeah. but i think that's an option that i'm considering okay thank you for sharing uh, that falgun it was such a interesting and uh, fun uh, conversation yeah. i'm i'm hoping the listeners really got to know a lot of terms and some beautiful courses also uh, that you uh, mentioned about that they could possibly pursue And with that, uh, we will come to the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Behind the magic of sensing it are the brilliant folks at Nepa, our agency house of Ritika, and all our wonderful guests. We hope you are enjoying all the action. See you next week. Find us on Instagram at Nepa India.